We'll never do drugs. They destroy lives and communities. You have no choice. Drugs will get you nowhere, peasant. You know, you're the one holding drugs, so why don't I do a citizen's arrest on you? Time out, crackheads! Deal's off. We can't let them put drugs back on the street. Look at those dirty fucking junkies. Their lives are already ruined. So, what do you plan to do with those drugs, huh? Take them and feel amazing. Oh, you've been drugging your whole life? Uh-huh. Every day. No? Nice. <laughs> oh, you made me high! play well with others he what you do you have to learn to play well with other people because this is a life lesson that my grandma taught me you never know who you're gonna run into later in life i'm not saying he's gonna be like end up being your boss or something dumb like oh, that oh please i know that was a bad analogy but you know you may need his help later on in life or you may be in a position to help him and you don't want to have bad blood all i did was all I did was, I, I photoshopped his head on a tennis player. That's it. In As a sexual a me, position me. with another person <laughs> who was in the program. No, that was and the And then you one. blasted it everywhere. And then no, it ended I up, didn't. Yes, you did. You blasted it and it got into the hands of the wrong people. And then it ended up in the fucking bathroom. Uh, that wasn't me. That was, they got out of control. That wasn't... Look, it was a funny joke. You laughed at it. Because it was funny. <laughs> and then it I... It was funny. <laughs> I put his head on another tennis player as a meme. And and then when I found out he was getting engaged, I was like... Oh, yeah. Oh, that was fast. Okay, so funniest thing is I was out doing an estimate for a job the other day. And I'm driving by oh, unnamed God. hotel. And he's standing out there. Why? They're still staying in a hotel. I thought she had her own apartment. That's exactly it. So, it, it, it boggles my mind. Like, what the actual heck is going on? I don't even know. I don't even know. It's and, scandal. And, and they're engaged, and they're living out of a hotel. I thought she had an apartment. Yeah, and she apparently has thousands of dollars in the bank. Okay, well, then why are they wasting their money at a hotel? Jesus Christ. I don't know. But apparently the landlord's supposed to pay them back and mold abatement and, like, just all this weird random shit. I don't even know. Okay, well, most people listening don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Cause oh, I, did you already start? Yeah, we're recording. You didn't even tell me. I have an intro to do. Okay, let's give it away. I have to remember it really quick. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not always good with remembering it. Um, um, what up, squadron? It's your boy. And that's all I get because I don't like Zacky Z or like something. Zacky Z? I don't like that. I got to come up with the handle. Zach's back with the attack. Zach's back with the attack. What up, squadron? Oh, Um, God. Like something like that? (laughs) I love how you're just laid out on your bed right now because that's the only position you can be in right now. Why do you want to start with that? (laughs) Because. Okay. Let's just talk about this. Let's just, let's just talk about it. Bro, this person 
feels the need to just lay my shit bare. <laughs> I lay my shit out. Well, that's what this podcast. That's because will... people want to hear about your shit, and they want to hear about your shit. Discretionary, you know. So let me just say this: if you choose to do something in your life, <laughs> and it is bad, <laughs> it will have consequences. The repercussions are a bitch. Repercussions suck ass more than anything I know. So I will just tell this quick story. I'm not going to say all the exact details of it because that's hearsay now and I've grown and blossomed and moved Let's on. just set a setting first. I Okay, first of all, you moved out of sober living. I did. Not many people know that because, first of all, all the listeners are infatuated with you. Oh, my God. And... You know, you were kind of MIA for a while. And then all of a sudden, I, I found out through a third party, oh, Zach's moving out. I know. I and was also, really bad at communicating with that, but I was having such a hard time there. Like, the energy was negative. The energy's horrible and there. And, it, like, my feng shui was off, and I tried to be better and, like, cook meals for people and engage and it watch wasn't movies, helping. and it just didn't help. And so I thought to myself, self... You need to do something about it. So another person who I'd been secretly talking to about this moving out situation came to me and said, oh, I found a place. And I'm like, cool, let's go take a look at it. And so I came out to where we live now on the homestead, as I like to call it. Um, But I found this really cool place, really good opportunity. And it was literally maybe $100 more a month in rent than sober living was. And I get my own room and my own bathroom and I can have all my plants and cook and guests and all that cool shit. So I moved. And so I had like a little bit of a disconnect problem and I had a little bit of abandonment anxiety with certain people. So I didn't tell Bobal Baggins over here about it because I'm like, oh shit, he's going to hate me for leaving and there's going to be anxiety and discord between us. And Well, at first I was taken yeah. back and I was like, oh, he didn't tell me. Like, I was wondering where your head was at, but I mean, I didn't know. But now, since I've been living at this hellhole for a month and a half, hell two months, hole. I don't fucking blame you because, God, and that's one thing I want to get into is just the pitfalls and the horrible aspects about this sober living. I'm really wanting to spill tea on how shitty it is there. But fast forward, now we're, at, <sighs> we're in your apartment. Um, and I live in a single family dwelling, thank you. Oh, whatever. Standalone, three-bedroom, two-bath house. Just recognize that. So I, we're in your bedroom, and yeah. you're sprawled out on your bed, and your leg is extended because you have an apparatus plugged into your ankle. <laughs> you, you want to talk about that? I have a stupid kinkle monitor on. It's an ankle you monitor. You guys. You're on house arrest. I have a kinkle, though. You're on house arrest. You don't have a kinkle. Yes, I do. My kinkle is fucking fat. You don't have a kinkle. This is fat. It's not cracked. No, kinkles, no. Kinkles crack. No, I think you're thinking like you need a pedicure maybe. But anyways. Oh God. So let me just say this. Drugs are bad. Addiction takes you to places you never thought you would go. And my addiction took me there. So back in October, no, this was November 2017. I made a very poor decision and I took something that wasn't mine. Fast forward. Money. Um, I took money that wasn't mine. Yeah. Off of said debit card. Oh, yeah. You and, talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I did talk about that a little bit. And I was remorseful and I felt bad about it. And it just, it freaking sucked. Um, 
so fast forward to um, when I was at the mission, um, I found out when I was paying a traffic fine that I had a warrant out for my arrest. And so I went to the court, dealt with everything, um, and then at the very last bit of it, the judge and the probation officer decided um, that I didn't um, need to go to jail for it, but I needed to do some type of crime punishment, you know, community service shit. And so they said, you have to do an ankle monitor for 90 days. And keep in mind... That's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. Um, And keep in mind, like, the people I had already made amends to, it was one of my really close friend's grandparents, and... um, Yeah. And um, crazy... I'll tell the other part of that story, too, but... um, You know, I just kind of... We had moved past it, so it was all from the past. And so this is an incident that happened years ago, so I have to wear this stupid kinkle monitor for a little over 30 days... And I find it quite pointless because they dropped the charges, um, the amends were made, and everything. So, whatever. You do the crime, you do the time. House arrest is... Yeah. It's it's trash. When does this come off? Like, middle of June. That's not that bad. Yeah, but I got shit to do. Yeah. You know? I I get it. But it'll be be over before you know it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Are you still going to be on probation? Well, of course. Yeah, me too. But I, I just got shit to do, and I've got a summer to enjoy, and I've been working super hard me too. on this I'm bod. F- I'm fucking yeah. Well, yeah, I've, Jesus. So I need to go to the summer time. You're place. in the best shape I've ever seen you in my life. I know. Thank you so much. I'm like one stomach flew away from my goal weight. <laughs> like, I know this is probably <laughs> a bad joke, but everybody's like Corona. Oh no! And I'm like, dude, if I got Corona. That'd be like, I'd be underweight. I'd be golden. You want my colitis? You can no, lose. No, I've so- already deal with colitis, Brian. <laughs> I already deal with it's it. Great dude. for weight loss. I know. That's why I love it. <laughs> well, so you're moved out. We're in your apartment, and I, I live in a house. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a bungalow. I live in a house. Okay. Well, it's an apartment. Three bedroom with no no shared. There's no, it's not an apartment. Jesus, you okay? God. Well, what is it? What a condo? Is it's it? a single family dwelling. Okay, it's a house. So, God. needless to say, you have an extra bedroom, and I am sitting in sober living, losing my fucking mind, which we'll get into the the aspects of why. And I get a call from you. You know, I've been working full time, overtime. I mean, I, I went from not working for weeks to getting offered another job. And then my old job asked me back. So now I'm just readjusting to working my ass off. And I'm tired. I pulled a muscle in my calf the other day. It hurts. My foot hurts. And then I get out of work and I go home to all this fucking chaos and I'm just like, I've been, I was texting you constantly and calling you like this house sucks. These are the reasons why this house sucks. And you called me one day and you're like, Hey, do you want the, to rent the extra room? And I was like, yes, get me the fuck out of here. I'm, I, I, and so you know, my announcement to make is I'll be moving out of sober living and in with you. In with Papa! So, brace your buttocks, Zach, because... You couldn't even handle it. 
You would just You're, you not will, will be living together. Yeah, it's going to be fun. The dynamic duo is back together. Well, we get along. I'd say we got along the best out of anybody. For sure. I get along with a lot of people at the house. Um, but we hung out the most. You took a liking to me, which is weird because we are like polar opposites. Yeah, you're fucking weird. You're fucking weird too. But I have excuses. So do I. What's your what's your excuse? Your number one excuse. Just one. I just want to hear one. Severe I, mental illness. No, just one. Just <laughs> one. So you better make it a good one. I did a lot of drugs when I grew when I was growing up. Okay. That's a good excuse. Okay. I'm still recovering mentally. That's good. Yeah, because yeah. you're like probably when did you start using drugs? A fuck if I dude. You're probably like twelve. <laughs> like like mentally mentally right you now you are 12, 12 years yeah, old I'm, I have yeah. child syndrome you're a man child man child yeah, I you won't. have like a 55 year old body and shut a the year old no mind. I don't my body looks fine what the how dare you I don't look like I'm in my 50s you guys you need to Facebook him or Instagram him oh yeah follow me on Facebook and see how young I look yeah and then skip over to my I was page. told I looked 24 the other day well, that's Physically. because you have a prepubescent face to go with your pre-diabetes. Oh, I don't. I got my blood checked. I'm not Did pre-diabetes. Did you get checked for the herpes? <laughs> it's running rampant right now, especially in the gay community. Go, well, I mean, good thing. I, I don't only, have it. I look, good thing I only like vagina sex. Remember when I told you about my last sex, <laughs> sex commitment? That is so gross. <laughs> You guys... This is disgusting, <laughs> Squadron. You're going to vomit. Uh, sure. Oh! That is so trashy. I know. God, I can't be talking about this. Who knows who's listening right now? Oh, I, I know who it was. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we got to edit that out. No! <laughs> yeah. No! I can't, I can't talk about my sex life on here. Well, but you want to talk about mine? Yeah, I do, actually. Let's talk about your shower story. No, oh. I want to talk about that. Well, we talked about my story. Technically, you did. You brought that up. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell it. I'll All tell right, it. just be very loud. Don't be too loud. Okay, well, be- really quick, back to the ankle monitor thing. Yeah, back to the ankle you monitor. You guys, um, you do the crime, you pay the time, tough it out, be nice to your jailer, and um, make good choices and drink lots of water. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Um, and make sure you charge your device. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you're charging I'm your charging ankle. it right now. Good Lord. Um, you know, I'm multitasking. I'm really good at multitasking, and I know a lot of you listeners are. I can tell you one person who sucks at it. Brian. What do I suck at? Multitasking. Yeah, I have you, ADHD. Okay, well, there you go. Making an excuse again. But I'm just saying you suck at it. So well, if I was on Adderall, things would be much well, different. If you were on Adderall, you would just be fucked. You'd be fucked, mate. That's for all you London listeners out there. He'd be fucked. Anyways, so here's my shower story. Um, so I have been seeing somebody. Mm, insert ahs and oohs. Ah. All right, I'll add okay. that later. Um, and this person I met at work. Not he works there, but his mother is a Ugh. member of the club. And weird. it was weird. And so I'm dancing with her on Valentine's Day. And she says, you should meet my son. 
And right there I stop because that's never a good sign, you know? Um, two days later, I got a text message from a number I did not recognize. And I replied back, who the fuck is this? Why are you texting me? And then he tells me his last name and I realize who his mom is. And I'm like, oh, Weird. this is awkward. You know, like, where do I go from here? Do I be disrespectful, etc.? And then he sends me his picture. And I'm like, we can continue this conversation. Okay. So that was in February. And so um, fast forward till April. Yeah, to April, because this was... No, this is the first week of May. I'm sorry. Fast forward to the first week of May. We've been seeing each other since then, having good times, hanging out, great conversations, amazing lover, um, attentive, considerate, handsome, extremely wealthy. Um, We went up to San Francisco for the weekend, had a great time. Um, And then the following weekend, everything went to shit in the following way. Um, I was coming over to his house to hang out and things got a little hot and heavy. And then afterwards I got in the shower and he decided he was going to join me in the shower, which again is great because it was very attentive. Did you guys wash each other? And he was (laughs) washing my back with a loofah. I have my my own loofah over there and I have my own body wash, my own toothbrush and it's like super cool. And, um, Anyways, like, it's just really nice, and I haven't felt a connection with someone like that in a long time, and um, it just felt really good. And so we were playing in the shower, and then out of nowhere, somebody comes in. A mystery man. Dun, dun, dun! It was awful. Some guy barges into the bathroom. I have no clue who the fuck it is. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just like, uh. And, then, and you're naked. And I'm butt naked in the shower. And <laughs> Soapy. He's naked in the shower. And this guy's just standing there like, who are you? <laughs> and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and he's like, I'm his boyfriend. Uh, and I'm like, no, horrible. I'm his boyfriend. <laughs> and he's like, No. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck? No. It, no. Was, it was just so awful. I felt like I was on an episode of These Are the Days of Our Lives. Like I was in or a soap opera. Or, or All My Children. Yeah. Or As the World Turns. Or some shit like that. Like, I couldn't have made this up even if I wanted to. It was awkward. And Ugh. so I shut the shower off and I'm like, who are you? And, like, it just continued. And he wouldn't tell me. And then my special person was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? Do you know him? Who is he? And then my special person says, that's my ex. And I knew about the ex. And he had left to Washington. Apparently he came back to visit for the whole corona, no, 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 virus outbreak situation with his family. Um, and so without even thinking and without even like standing my ground or anything, I just got so emotional and so overwhelmed that I just grabbed my stuff, put my clothes on. I didn't even dry off and I just left. 
And yeah, why? I mean, why yeah, exactly. You? Like, why the fudge am I going to stand there? And then as I'm leaving, the mom that I danced with on Valentine's Day is standing at the bottom of the giant double-sided spiral staircase in her bathrobe what? and Gucci flip-flops and is like, Zach, I'm so sorry. And by this time, I'm like ugly snot crying. And I'm Ugh. like, <laughs> I can't even compose a sentence. And so I get in my Sounds car horrible. and I leave and I don't talk to him. I ignore the text messages and the phone calls for the rest of the day yeah. and all the rest of the week. This is so uncomfortable. It was the, it was, I was, I was so overwhelmed and I felt so awkward and, um, out of place and betrayed and, um, just out of my element, you know? And, you know, normally like in a cheating situation like that, I would have thought in my head, I would have been like, oh no, bitch. And like, you know, drown him in the toilet or something. Yeah. But that never took over. That instinct didn't kick in. It was the fight or flight response and I flew. And so anyways, fast forward to uh, Mother's Day and I finally decided I was going to listen to what he had to say. And I did. And he told me, you know, I have no idea why he was in town. I was not expecting him. I've blocked his number. I blocked him on social media, etc., etc. And um, so I was not expecting that. It was a surprise for both of us. And so I decided to kind of let the you know waters clear up a little bit. And then I've uh, you know continued seeing him. So, oh, well, I had a happy ending. It did. I have had a few happy endings since then with him. <laughs> yeah. I'm really hoping I win like a daytime Emmy or something. You mean hand jobs? Hands were involved. <laughs> oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, Intense. Um, I really hope that the Academy of um, Television and uh, Video Production recognizes my performance somehow and I win an award. For... For what? <laughs> Best supporting actor in a drama situation? Yeah. Um, well. Okay. I got, I'll vote for you, I guess. You're not in the Academy, boo. Oh. Oh, here we go. All right. Anyways, so that was my shower story. Nice. So I think it's your turn to tell a story. Dude, I just want to fucking vent about how shitty sober living is and why I have to move out because... It's wild. Look, I haven't really been to many sober livings, like, but this one just sucks. Yeah, it's different. I want to say now I know why you moved out so fast because, yeah, the energy is horrible. Yeah. The house... I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade. This is the last thing I want to do, but I have to get this off my chest. The house manager sucks. Like, he's never around, ever. He locks himself in his room 24-7. And he... I, I don't know what if, if he's playing RuneScape or something on his computer. What the hell is RuneScape? <laughs> or fucking World of Warcraft. But he has these headphones on. You'll be pounding outside of his door... Mm-hmm. Trying to get a hold of him. He Call him. Doesn't answer. Call him. Text him. If you need help with something, he won't get back to you for hours. So I have to keep my ear towards the door 
to get a hold of him. You should get one of those, like, like a little red cup system or yeah. something with a string. Yeah, because it's like, dude, like, for example, I went on vacation. I told you about that. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we need you to test when you get back. I'm like, whatever, fine. So I get back from vacation. I see, I see in the hallway. Actually, I'm in my room and I hear him talking in the hallway. So I stick my head out. And I'm like, hey, Dan, I'm just letting you know I'm back. I'm ready I'm ready when you need me, like yeah. referring to like testing. He looks like he just woke up from a nap. It's like 1230 in the afternoon. Gosh. And and he's like, uh, uh, you know, like, and he's looking at me confused. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm here to test. And so then he asked me about something totally not related. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I was just like, what? I just was perplexed. Like, what the fuck is up with this guy? He's sleeps. And hides in his room 24-7. And then if he's got things he's got to dictate, he does it through group text. Like, he just dictates order from group text from his phone from the confines of his room. I hate group text messages with a passion. I hate them, too. Because all I get is group text. And we always, like, every week we have a new person coming in the house. And they all get over from the rehab, you'd think after 12 months of doing chores and being accountable for themselves, they would clean up after some, but no, every group text is like, you guys need to wash your own dishes. You guys need to clean up after yourself. It's like, there's always dirty shit in the sink and food and old eggs in the sink that people don't clean up. And it's like, the place is fucking filthy. It's fucking disgusting. And he doesn't dictate or delegate chores properly. So Chores barely get done, and the place is just disgusting. Like, <clears throat> someone moved over. And, you know, we have those boxes of rolls of toilet paper, and they're each indiv- individually wrapped with paper. Yeah. Someone took the paper wrapping around the toilet paper and tried to flush it and clog the toilet and didn't even bother to try and, like, pull it out or unclog it. I so want to know who this person is. I'll tell you off the mic. What? A silly person. Yeah. It's like, you just flushed shit that's not flushable, clogged our toilet, and I'm like, God damn it, dude. People, and so, anyway. That is so dumb. I I present myself to our house manager to test. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm laying in bed. It's 1230 at night by this point. I get a text from him saying, hey, did you test yet? And I was like. immediately texted him back like no yeah I checked in with you to test and you looked at me confused I can test right now if you need me to even though it's 1230 at night yeah or I can do it before I go to work tomorrow at 9 a.m. that is so I text him back within 30 seconds he doesn't text me back until 2 in the fucking morning like, who's up at 2 in the morning? I'm trying to sleep because i got to go to work at 9 a.m. Okay. Like, are you, what the... Uh-huh. What the fuck? So he's like, texts me back at 2 in the morning. You got to... Well, you got to test. It's your responsibility to test. I'm like, dude, I... I was there to test. So then I wake up at 7 a.m. I'm trying to call the assistant house manager, texting him, hey, can you test me? i got to go to work soon. Call the house manager. Hey, I'm trying to find someone to test. Can you t- Are you around to test me? His ass was probably passed the fuck out because he was up till 2 in the morning. So I'm like, all right. I go next door to the rehab 
because it's right next door. And I go to staff there and I'm like, hey, I need, they're asking me to test. No one's answering their phone. I got to go to work. And can you test me and just send them the results? Like I'm trying to compromise, get, get this done for them. Yeah. And they're like, dude, it's not my job to test you. That's their problem. Just go to work. Like I'll send them an email to the board of directors. And he's like, yeah, they should be around to test you. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I send a group text back to the assistant manager and house manager like, hey, I just went next door to try and test. They said to go to work. I tried to get a hold of you guys to test. I got to go to work. I need. I have a job. Yeah. House manager doesn't te- text me back s- until six hours later. I'm like, he's like, yeah, just te- test when you get back. I'm like, okay. Okay. So I drink a bunch of water and I'm clocking out of work and I'm driving home, texting them like, hey, I'm driving home from work. I'm ready to test when I get home. Just a heads up. Because it's like, dude, I don't want to sit around having to pee like my pants. Like, because, dude, I can't piss on command. I got to drink water and then I can pee an hour later. Oh, my gosh. So I get home. Text and call the house manager. No answer. Pounding outside of his door. I pound I knock outside of his door three times in a row, waiting two to three minute intervals in between, like, or fuck, I gotta cut that out. Just knocking on his door, like, I'm ready to test, I'm ready to test. No fucking answer. So I just text him back. I'm gonna sit on the smoking patio, wait for you guys to get ready to test me. Yeah. And so finally, like a half hour later of holding in this giant amount of piss, I get a text back like, hey, are you around? And I'm like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to fucking test. I've been trying to test multiple times. By then, the board of directors probably got the email saying I went next door to try and test and they're not there. And he probably our house manager probably got chewed out for that. So now he's like, well, meet me in my office. So I go to the office. He he gives me a cup. I go in and I, you know, the bathroom that's under the stairs it's gross. It's it like they haven't delegated anyone to clean it. It yeah. was so fucking disgusting. I stopped over there to get my mail last week and I went pee. It's I gross. I went to go pee and I walked in and I'm like. It's still like that. Ew. So I walked back <laughs> and the director was like, oh, you're back again? I'm like, well, I had to go pee when I got my mail, but no thanks. That place is gross. He's all, yep, not my side. I don't worry about it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's no wonder people are moving out in droves because, like, dude, that place is a fucking... It's so filthy. Wow. It's, like, disgusting. So I piss in the cup, put it on the counter, and I walk away to go to my bathroom to piss because even though that bathroom, whoever's job it is to clean that bathroom, it's still gross but not as gross as that. Yeah. I'm all the way down the hall and a house manager mumbles some smart-ass fucking remark under his breath. And so I stick my, it's like, you know, you could tell it was like something rude because he said it while I'm like all the way down the hallway. Yeah. So I stick my head out of the uh, bathroom and I'm like, did you say something? Cause I didn't hear you. I'm all the way down the hall. And he was just like, oh, oh, well, uh, you know, it's like the same policy as like next door. Right. You know, for testing. And I'm like, yeah, but when I would come back on pass, there would be someone available to test me right when I got back. Right. And when I tried to test for you, 
You look like you came out of a fucking three-month slumber party and didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> three-month slumber party. Dude, this guy, like, you come up to him with a, a situation or a problem, and he goes, well, uh, let me think. Just let me think for a second. And it's like, dude, how do you not process thoughts? Oh, my God. How do you not fucking process thoughts? You, you're fucking... A three-month slumber party. Dude, that guy... <laughs> That guy has got wet brain, I swear to God. And I don't mean to slander or talk shit or build resentments, but it's hard but not to... But you're doing it anyways. <coughs> Whatever. I'm putting it into the universe and releasing it out of my fucking... Okay. You know, because it's like, dude, the, guy, the guy's got the easiest fucking job. You just fucking... You make people do their chores and you test them and... But he doesn't do that. He just stays in his room 20 hours of the day... And then we have these, like, th- here's the other thing. The house meeting, it's oh like, gosh, it's like six minutes long. And he just delegates like, well, you guys got to clean up after yourself and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you don't enforce that. Yeah. So I, like, it's shit doesn't get done. Yeah. And so then he just sends group texts like, like, dude, knock on their door and tell them to do it. Check the security camera. See you didn't do their dishes. Go make them do it right then. Sending a text message and it's just like, oh, pointless. He's kind. Of, it's kind of like he's afraid of confrontation, so he just avoids it and does it through text. He's just like, well, I'll solve this with a group text. That doesn't solve shit. Well, you know, you had made a statement I, earlier, uh, and in all fairness, everybody in that place is an adult, and they just left a very regimented and structured environment to where you had to do your dishes and you had to clean up after yourself and you had to actively participate in the cleanup of other things when it wasn't even your mess. You get a write-up if you don't. You know. And now when you're over here, the accountability is not there. So a lot of these fucking drug addicts try to get away with what they can get away with. Yeah. And they're just running a number on that house manager, like playing him like a fucking fiddle. I remember when I was there. And he's your sponsor. Okay. I'm not, I'm playing Switzerland right now because have you called him lately? I, as I just talked to him um, yesterday, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I talk to him all the time. Okay, I probably talk to him at least twice a week. So, but, you know, everybody has things that they need to get off of their chest and and kind of express and just get it out there because it does it rents space in your head and that oh, doesn't that's do all, any all I, I have that doesn't do anything for you. But you know, I was talking to uh, somebody else earlier today and they were expressing a situation that was going on in their relationship, and you know, they had mentioned, "Well, I don't like this and I don't like that," and and I very bluntly just told them, "Leave the relationship." Yeah, do something about it. Well, I don't want to. Are you scared? He's looking for excuses to be in your shitty situation. Yeah, and they had said, I don't want to be alone. Well, you don't like Uh, what you're you're in right now, so do you you want to be alone and and free from all that, or do you want to be together and unhappy? Like, really take a look at the situation that you're in, and like you just mentioned, be in control of it and make a decision that's best for you. Because even though it sounds like it's a selfish thing, you're in control of your happiness, you're in control of your dreams, you're in control of your aspirations, and most importantly, you're in control of what you do. So if you don't like something, fucking change it. That's how I feel right now. It's like, I know they said they suggest six months of sober living. 
after you get out, minimum. I I tried for a month and a half, two months, and I'm already like, dude, I have to tap out. The the, and I've heard horror stories about other sober livings being more militant or people do uh, yeah. this and that, but it's like, dude, I, I'm ready, dude. I'm so ready. You know? Yeah, I think that. You it's know. like I'm never at the house anyway because I work yeah. over like plus 40 hours a week. But when I get home, I don't want to get home to a bunch of bullshit, you know? Like, I just don't. It's really important to be able to go back to a space where there is calm and there's zen and there's that energy is just not manic all the time. And there's always something else going on with somebody and... You know, like me, I'm very empathetic, so I tend to, like, absorb a bunch of other shit from other people and take <laughs> it on. And it's like, when I come home here... It's peaceful. It's, it's them. quiet. It's chill. Yeah, you live in a nice area. You know? And so I'm... So, <laughs> you know how... <laughs> I gotta tell you this. You know how on the first floor of the sober living... Mm-hmm. Like, the, uh, the second floor of the sober living, there's a bathroom for every two rooms. So yeah. four people share a bathroom. The first floor... All the rooms have a giant communal bathroom situation. Yeah. With stalls and two showers. Every time I go into the bathroom... Is this going to be gross? Every time I go in the bathroom and Tony's in there... Because Tony's the night security guy at the rehab and he lives in the sober living. Like three doors down from me. Tony will be in the shit stall and he'll have his box of wet wipes and his phone will be out. And he'll be sitting there with his phone either watching Storage Wars or That 70s Show with his phone speaker on full blast. Nice. So I'll be trying to shit in the other shit stall or take a shower and I just see two ankles and flip-flops and a box of wet wipes and a phone propped up on it and the loudest phone (laughs) volume of either storage. It's always either Storage Wars or that 70s show. Hey, they're both good shows. <laughs> and he's just... He'll just camp out in the shit stall for like half an hour. Watch a full episode of Storage Wars. Oh, maybe or a full episode issues. Or a full episode... I don't want to hear that shit when I'm... <laughs> or he'll be in there like shaving his chest or his... He shaves his chest? I don't know if it's his chest. Oh my gosh. I think it's his head. Yeah. He'll shave his head... It'll be like hair in the sink. I'm just like, dude, I share a bathroom with this guy. The fuck is my life? It is so bizarre. Yeah, that's pretty But Speaking of bizarre. So, um, do you, I don't know if you guys remember this squadron, but remember the time that I took Brian to get his eyebrows threaded? It was funny. <laughs> it was worth it. Like watching. I haven't gotten my eyebrows threaded in a long time. I know you need it. That's, well, they're not open. I know they're not. I haven't got a haircut in months either. I know. Well, I got the hookup for that. Okay. But anyway, so I had um, I have a client who owns a med spa here in town, and they're the ones that bleach my butt. You get your butthole bleached? Yeah. What is the fucking benefit of bleaching your asshole? Because I want it to look super nice. <laughs> I don't want it to be like nasty, hairy, and two-tone different colors. So you get it waxed and then bleached, or bleached so, and then waxed? So you get it waxed, and Ugh. then you get it bleached, which it doesn't hurt to get it waxed. But 
When you bleach it after that, it's when you bleach hurts. it after that, it's Ugh. a little stingy, stingy. Ugh. So anyway, so the girl that does what it the for fuck? me, how much does that cost? The waxing is thirty-five. It's not bad. No, and then the bleaching, all together with like tip and everything, it's like eighty bucks. Jesus Christ! How often do you yeah. have to do that? Not that often, like every month, every six weeks. Oh God, eighty dollar a month anus waxing and yeah. Well, you don't always have to get the bleaching done. Like it just depends. Oh, this is so weird. No, it's not. (laughs) It's okay to take care of yourself. Okay, Squadron. How many of you out there wax and bleach your asshole? Or let's look on the other side. How many of you wax, trim, or take care of? unseemly body hair. I trim my oh. groin hair. How often do you trim your pubes? I don't know. It's hard. Do when you, you trim or shave them? Trim. I'm a f- trim yeah, is I always trim. the answer, everybody. I trim them because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of that manscaping. Like, dude, shaving the ball sack or my one ball sack. If I nick my ball sack and I see even a tiny drop of red blood, I will faint and pass out. Are you serious? Well, I've never tried. I just the thought of it sounds scary, dude. Our remember our friend was trimming their balls in the rehab next door, and the, he he nicked him. Oh, and there was blood dripping from his balls. Yeah, I thought I was gonna pass out looking at his bloody ball. That sack. was awful. His bloody ball. And sack. his blood was dripping on his pile of pubes on the ground yeah, in that the barber shop. That was disgusting. That was that was yeah. Just, no. Ugh. But yeah, it's super important. Okay, so to what? Take what's the of purpose of this story about bleaching your anus? Was there a point to this story? You just one. Yes. To no. Up? No. There was. There was. <laughs> Good God. So the first point of it was you need to get your eyebrows studied because I've been looking at them this whole. time. They're horrible. I know. They're horrible, and so is your hair. Well, um, dude, I, th- I'm just telling you. I'm being a friend. Restaurants are just opening I know, up now. But this is what I'm telling you. Okay. So she texted me, and told me, "Hey, on the DL." We're opening. Like secretly? Yes. But they're not telling the government. Yes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. If you want to come in for an appointment, let me know. I do. To get your anus bleached? No, to get my eyebrows threaded. No, she doesn't. Well, I'm sure she could thread, but she normally waxes. But you can do either one because they're just bushy as fuck. I know, dude. I'm just telling you. Make me feel bad. I'm not making you feel bad. (laughs) If I wanted to make you feel bad, I could say something highly inappropriate about the time you had sex with a girl who was... <laughs> Squadron, you I should have see sense- Brian's face right I might now. Have he to looks like a out. fucking 12-year-old. <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs> I have no problem being celibate at this point because the girls that... Uh, let's not get into that. Oh. I'm a fucking weirdo and I attract weirdos. Yeah, you do. I don't know. I hope none... Of my ex-girlfriends listen to this show. What if mine listens to this show? You're not going to tell him about this show. Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. This is the spill tea sesh episode. Yeah. What's the tea, sis? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so here's another aspect of sober living that is a reason why I got to move out. It seems like so many people are dropping like flies who are either people who have moved out, people who got kicked out of rehab. Um, You know, 
I was driving over here and I saw uh, in front of the homeless shelter, right? And I told you about how he got kicked out. You can't say names. I'll censor out his name. I know. Well, I was What's just, a first name basis? I know. Well, what if I say a nickname? But my nickname has his name in it, so that Oh, whatever. Work. So he, Anyways. It was sad because he wanted to come on the podcast, and I... I really liked it. It seemed like three or four people I was gearing up to have on the podcast have gone back out and are missing in action. And well, they're not missing. They're running around the streets in a fucking Batman suit. Well... He was literally sneaking out at night, stuffing pillows under his bed to make it look like a fake body sleeping there for when they do bed checks and running out and getting high on meth and then sneaking back in the morning. That's crazy. Which is quite a feat because, like, there's security cameras outside. There's a security guard patrol, should be patrolling the area. It's like, how do you sneak out? The doors are locked. How do you, I guess he propped the door open at night. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. The side <laughs> door? You would do that? Yeah, I would get home at like midnight. What, at the rehab? Yeah, or one time I got home at like 3.30 in the morning. So you're fucking scandalous. From PhD's house? Yeah. While you were at inpatient? Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to lose my shit. so lucky you and got your certification to completion. I know. I'm an angel. No, you're... You're a rule breaker. No, I'm not. You just broke that rule. Okay, but that was... Um, you could get kicked out for that. I was working that night, and then I went Oh, that afterwards. was in fourth phase? Yeah. Oh, still still scandalous. I don't know. Yeah, like... Uh, I don't know. It's like, that was depressing, seeing him in front of the homeless shelter. Um, I didn't tell you this, but... One of my friends who I was in drug court with, I found this out from my co-host Ryan because I checked in. I was just messaging him, checking in on him. And he was like, hey, uh, you should go down to San Diego with me to visit our one of our friends from drug court to, to visit her while she has her court hearing. And I was like, why, what, why does she have a court hearing in San Diego? Yeah. Well... She was doing really good when she graduated drug court with us. She was doing really good going to meetings like, but she was kind of very self-righteous, like on a pedestal about her recovery, Mm -hmm. but she was also getting, taking Suboxone. So it's like, come on, don't judge other people for your shit. If you're on Suboxone, I I don't care if people are on Suboxone, like do whatever's right for you. But she would just talk down on other people's recovery. Didn't you? Oh yeah. (coughs) No, I didn't have sex with her. No. I wasn't going to say <laughs> You're not God's greatest gift to women, I already Brian. know that. I'm horrible. I'm toxic and I'm... Don't say that about yourself. Toxic like Britney Spears. <laughs> Your face. Why would you say that about Britney? You want a Maserati? You want a Bugatti? You better work, bitch. Does she have a Maserati and a Bugatti? Yeah. No, she Because she works, bitch. She smoked meth in her downfall. Listen, 2007 was a hard year for Britney, okay? <laughs> anyway, so this girl that we were friends with, she she fell off. She, I guess what I heard, she tapered off of Suboxone too fast, and then she relapsed. And that she was sucks. in and out of relapse. And I lost track of her and where she was. But she, the reason she's got court in San Diego, she's in custody... 
She got caught trying to smuggle heroin across the Mexican border. Damn. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much heroin. I did that twice and never got caught. You smuggled heroin across the Mexican border. Inside my ass. You did not. You're right. I didn't do it from Mexico. You didn't ever smuggle any heroin in your ass. Dude, you don't know my life. Zach, you've probably smuggled many things in your ass, but not heroin. That's not even true. You're a liar. I'm not lying. Liaria. Here we go. Anyway, so my mind is at like, okay, if you're going to smuggle heroin across the border, it's not just for like a piece. It's for like a big amount. Yeah. You don't go to Mexico to buy heroin and bring it across the border unless it's like a large amount. Because if you want heroin, you don't you don't need to go to Mexico to get it in California. There's heroin everywhere. That's very true. So I don't know the details about it, but um, so that hit me hard. Like, fuck, like someone I knew that was doing so good is going to face a hefty ass charge for yeah, smuggling heroin across the Mexican, yeah. uh, across federal lines. Well, the, needless to say, is like, dude, the the way I feel about it is like, first of all, I would love to visit her in San Diego and go to court to support her, and this and that. But it's like I have no time. Like I have no time. You're off on Monday. If the court was on a Monday, I'd consider it. But then at the same time. I really don't know the details of where my missing co-host is, like, or what he's been up to. Like, I don't know how well he's doing or how bad he's doing. And it's been, like, the biggest challenge for me is surrounding myself with positive people. So if someone is strung out, I just can't take the time or energy to be in their physical presence. Like, I can talk to them on Messenger or on the phone and be there as a person of support and try to talk them through issues but I really don't feel comfortable being around someone who even if they I've been clean for a couple weeks or 30 days I'm still like iffy about hanging around them you know what I'm saying like I mean isn't it kind of plus if I'm in a car with them driving down to San Diego like what if I don't know I mean like not to be rude but I think it's kind of apparent where he stands. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I'll talk to... Like, sometimes he'll be open with me about where he is in life. Sometimes he'll say he's good and I'm like... And sometimes I feel weird. Like, a, like is he being completely honest? Because he holds a lot of shame and guilt over his relapses, you know? And I've been very vocal about... Or he has been on the podcast and been very vocal about his relapses and stuff, but he's also been very vocal about holding so much shame and guilt over his relapses that it keeps him from reaching out for, like, a good support group. Yeah. Which I get. Like, I couldn't imagine relapsing now and how much shame and guilt that would be. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean... I mean, I could try to, but I'm sure it'd be much worse than what I perceive it as. So it's like seeing so many people fall off is been and being around that people getting kicked out of inpatient people moving out of sober living and getting super shit faced 
you know, making mistakes. Like, you told me about what's-his-face who's going to be a father. Like, he... Well, first off, I did not tell you about that. <laughs> um, I heard I'm not dropping names. grapevine. But, yeah, you know, like, people end up leaving situations thinking that they're ready to move on and to go forward in life. And I'm not saying that that feeling is wrong, but... I feel like as addicts, we come from this this place of, I'm ready, I'm going to do it. And it's coming from more of, I'm not using drugs and I'm not using alcohol, but there's these underlying issues that haven't been dealt with. And that's why we continuously go back to using drugs and alcohol. Because for me personally, the use of drugs was just a symptom of my issue. It had nothing to do with... Um, I mean, yes, I did like doing drugs, but I only did the drugs because I was covering up the shit I didn't want to deal with. Yeah. That's what my situation was. So if I were to have left the... And not worked my... app, Oh, fuck. Cut it out. Okay. If I were to have left the treatment facility and not have spent my year there working my ass off in therapy to understand the shit that... Why did the shit I did then fast forward to sober living and just had none of that, I would have been in that same boat. I would have thought, cool, I haven't used drugs. I'm great. Let's do this. But I still would have had all those issues waiting for me when I left. Yeah. And that was the reason why I used. To mask that pain, to numb those feelings. So unless you're, unless you're really ready to, to face those things, and it's uncomfortable. It was super uncomfortable for me. Like, month number six, or month number seven, I had a full-on mental freaking breakdown. What, at rehab? Yeah, an inpatient. Like, I stopped taking my meds for a week. I um, I had gotten real... It, this was in January. So, maybe it was like eight months in. Yeah, eight months in, sorry. Um, I stopped taking my uh, meds for a week. We all apparently may or may not have had corona, because we all were super sick. I didn't leave my bed for two days. He came to wake me up and I wouldn't get out. that too. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, someone tried to come and wake me up from the bed and I wouldn't get out of bed. I was just laying in bed for um, almost four days straight. And I was just so fucked up mentally. Like my schizophrenia was playing tricks on me. Um, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Because I didn't move. I just, pl- everybody was, oh, Zach sick. Zach sick. And I just laid in bed for four days. It was horrible. They sent me to the hospital to get a wellness check. It was a huge deal. How did I not know about this? Yeah. Because, you know, you mentioned a minute ago about being deeply ashamed about it. And I had spent so much time working on being better that I was so ashamed of. Fudge, I let this mental hiccup really derail me from the work that I was doing. Yeah. Um, But, you know... The cool thing for me and the cool thing for a lot of other people that are in that program and other addicts is we're not stupid people. We're very insightful. We're very self-aware. Um, and I was able to be very aware of what was going on in my body and in my mind, kind of pull my head out of my ass and, um, and focus on, on what was around me instead of all the circumstantial stuff that I created in my head. I think that's, this is the, this is the weirdness of moving out where it's like, I see so many people 
moving out and falling off instantly. So I really had to have that talk with myself like, okay, are you ready to move out of sober living? Because once you do, it's, it's life. I mean, I'm already hit with life, but it's like life on training wheels, but it's like now I really have to make this work. I really have to face my problems head on and deal with them because if I don't, they're going to pile up inside of my soul Yeah. and it's going to be super overwhelming. So it's like, I really need to reach out to, and I've been reaching out to my sponsor and my support group and you and, uh, my old tracker and, and this and that. Because I know if I don't address these issues and like now it's so weird because I get approached with situations where literally like almost every, I told you this before we recorded, but every morning before work, someone has reached out to me and been like, Hey, can we talk on the phone? I have, you know, I'm struggling or I have issues. I have this, I have that. And I'll talk to him on the phone for 10 minutes while I'm driving to work. Like, you Mm. know, friends who have health issues because of the prescriptions they're on or friends who have a lot of clean time and get and think about going back into selling drugs or friends who are dealing with this or friends who are are trying to get into detox. And so it's been this weird balance of like trying to be there to a certain extent for them, but then also noticing when I have to place healthy boundaries. And now my whole life, it seems is placing healthy boundaries on, on relationships with people because it's, it's just bizarre. Like I, I'm not going to drop names, but I have a friend who, who was trying to get into a detox out of state and he asked me for some money and at the time I was just like, I get, I sent him 10 bucks to get some cigarettes and some McDonald's. Yeah. And then, um, he like, I thought he had gotten into detox and then I, he ended up asking me again for money. And I'm like, I thought you got into detox. Well, this or that happened and this or that happened. And I had to really just say, dude, like, I really don't have money to give. Like I'm just learning how to live on my own, you know, like I don't have money. Like I'm about to drop a shit ton of money on moving out and that's the money I have. And I, and it, so then it went from $10 to, oh, do you have $3? And I'm like, yeah, if I give into that, then it it just, it's just going to keep asking me for money that I don't have. And I can't get, I I would like to give money and I'm not going to say, oh, he's, I'm not trying to say, oh, he was going to use it for drugs. It's just, that's not the point. No. The point is, is like, it's just weird to be sober now and on the other side of it. Yeah. Because I remember when I was asking for money and working my dad, especially for money. Yeah. And now that I'm sober and people are, are strung out or on drugs, trying to get into a, a, a detox or a treatment center, it's like. And asking me, like, it's just weird how people ask me for advice. Like, I somehow have my shit together. It's like, dude, I, I barely am learning how to have my shit together. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, I did a 12-month program, but I am not some guru recovery messiah. Like, yeah. I, I give better advice than I take it. I'll, give, I'll say that much. 
Like, I'm not going to co-sign someone's bullshit and be like, yeah, you know, do the, the, the wrong thing that you have a gut feeling is the wrong thing. I'm definitely going to say, there's no way I'm going to give, give you that kind of advice. I'm going to tell you to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think that reinforces my morality and my, you know, where my shit's at. But it's just been super surreal and bizarre dealing with that. Like, you know. Um, yeah, it's different. I think sometimes, too, people are um, not necessarily looking for advice but sometimes someone to listen just want someone to listen they want someone who has been through a similar situation to them who has succeeded who has had success to um offer a glimmer of hope and even though you may think that you know i yeah you did do a 12-month program and you did succeed in something and and you think that you have issues that are still going on and and hi welcome to being a human we all do no matter if you just went through something um, that was extravagant or minuscule. It's it's we all have <clears throat> issues still, but but those people are just looking for that 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 relatability. It's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming and it's sad. You know, like people who I was gonna have on the podcast who I've known for twenty years plus, and then they just go MIA. I think a lot of with what's going on in the world around us today with this lockdown and having to find work or trying to get unemployment and unemployment's hard to get or people waiting on a stimulus check, like a stimulus check is only going to get you so far. I've just been seeing so many people go out, so many people relapse or so many people go back to jail or it's like I definitely sympathize with them you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, and it just, it's emotionally exhausting seeing so many people drop around me, you know, especially at the environment I'm in. And plus it's like, we're right next to a homeless shelter. I'll lay in my bed oh. and hear homeless people argue outside my window, screaming yeah. about how someone stole their cell phone for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And hear sirens go by my room. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot, you know? Your environment is, uh, is really... Problematic? Yes. Yeah. It's very reactionary all the time. There's always something happening. People showing up drunk trying to fight people outside in the parking lot. Let us pray for that situation. Yeah, that situation in itself, like, hit me and a lot of my friends hard for a friend who went out and has been getting drunk driving around, starting fights with other friends, showing up at the rehab and the sober living in the parking lot drunk, who who just trying to start fights with people like three times or showing up at other friends work drunk, like throwing chai lattes at other people's heads and shit. Like it's like, it's hard not to let that affect you in some way where you're like, fuck, you were doing so good. And then you fell off and you fell off so hard. And then it's hard for me not to compare and be like, well, fuck, that could be me. If I don't stay proactive about my shit, if I don't stay on top of my shit, I could be right alongside them driving around drunk, starting fights and getting locked up 
or getting locked up for something else. Because yeah. I'm seeing it happen everywhere. That's really fucking sad. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the best I can take from those situations is to learn from their mistakes and find ways to never, or find ways to not let that happen to me. Yeah. You know? I mean, thank God I have a good support system or I'm, and I'm built one around me because yeah. that shit's fucking heartbreaking yeah. seeing that shit. So what I heard you say about the good support system is... Yes, you're a part I'm of it. I'm amazing. Yeah, you're my best friend. I'm amazing. You're amazing. I'm a mile You're amazing. I okay? Am. By the way, Squadron, um, since I am um, a future PhD, um, and I will be writing a book, so I've decided to write a book. You're going to write a sex capade like romance novel about your grinder experience. Okay. Glory holes, yachts, jet skis. Okay, that was fun. Jewelry and yes. bleached I love anus this. butt sex. This bracelet is so nice. Yeah, and you're not even with that guy anymore. So? That's not true. I still talk to him. I just don't have sex Ugh. with him. Whatever. Anyways, so needless to say, I am a future PhD, um, and I will be writing a novel slash book. And it will have um, sex escapades in it. Nice. But it is also going to incorporate a lot of um, psychological pitter-patter matter and (laughs) what your brain's doing when you're doing certain situations. Um, It's going to have some elements of neurological science. It's going to have some um, psychobabble education shit in it. It's... Like, I'm brewing on it. I'm percolating. It's going to be Percolating, fucking, huh? Yeah, I'm percolating. I'm... It's going to be epic. Right. I'm writing a script for a movie about either one or both of my Narcan overdose experiences, which are super intense. I'm still waiting for a short story from you. <laughs> oh, a romance novel about your man crush? Yeah. I mean, I have half of it written. Should I read it aloud right now? If you keep all the names, <laughs> no, I didn't you write shit. Turn me on right now. <laughs> Whatever, I didn't write shit. <laughs> of course, but I, I did freestyle a good one, a good like you're on a pirate ship, <laughs> and he's like poking you with a sword to walk the plank, and then you get on your knees on the plank and like have to like suck your, <laughs> suck your way off the plank. <laughs> oh darn. I'm so sorry, Captain Hook. Whatever, dude. You're so weird. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so I, I know this was just a fucking bitch and complain rant of an episode, so I might as well tell a story. And I'll tell one. I'll tell one more story to hit you at the end. This is the time. This is the time I got into a fist fight over a slash tire on cocaine. Over a bad weed deal gone wrong and broke my hand and had to talk to the cops. And me and my friends had an eight ball of cocaine on us and somehow we didn't get arrested. Oh, jeez. Are you ready for this? I could use your commentary. Uh, I'm ready. Okay, so back then, weed was still not medicinal. So I was slanging weed. You know, buying... Back then, this is before I was in the dispensary game and slanging 10 and 20 pounds at a time and this and that. 
this is when I was just like buying a few ounces or a quarter pound and slanging eighths and quarters. I'm just driving around selling weed and smoking weed, you know? Anytime, but back then I was also popping Vicodin anytime I could find them, right? Ugh. Gave me such a stomach ache. Not me. They were glory. This is before Oxy's hit. This is before, this was like right before Oxycontins were even a thing. So I would get, you know, I'd get like 10 or 15 Norcos and pop five at a time. It was a good, and they were cheap back then. They were fucking cheap. Right. So I'm doing that. I'm like driving around, smoking weed. And I was at my buddy's house and we, I was hanging out with my circle of friends and we'd all, we all sold weed and we all would just hang out in this garage smoking weed and then when we get a someone call us someone would call us and we'd leave sell a sack and then go back and smoke more weed and just hang out you know yeah selling weed with a Nokia brick like god you kids don't know how hard it was you played snake on that i Fuck remember it. that yeah snake this was before snake 2 even came out all we had was snake 1 so I remember being in the garage and um, I went to go school. Someone hit me, one of my friends hit me up. He, he, he would steal his grandmother's Norco prescriptions. She would That's get crazy. She'd get Norcos. She'd get the blue volumes and she'd get the white morphines. But they were in the big, big prescription bottle, like the biggest one. What? So he would steal them. I didn't really like the the morphines. I'd take them if I had to. They upset my stomach. I didn't give a fuck about Valiums. I wanted the Norcos. So he hit me up and he's like, dude, I got Norcos. And so I was like, yeah. That would upset my stomach so bad. So I was like, dude, I was like, I was like barely 18 or 19 years old. Oh, of course. So I'm like, yeah, sell me as many as you're willing to sell me. So I go over there. And I'm trying to keep it a secret because I don't want anyone else to know I'm about to buy Norcos because I don't want them to come up and buy the Norcos from under me. Or I buy them and they're like, give me some, give me some. I'm like, no, these are mine. These are my Norcos. So I go buy the Norcos and I pop five of them and I I swig them down with a giant monster energy drink because back then that was my... That was, was my drink. Was my drink of choice was Monster. I don't know why I hate. I fucking hate Monster now. Hate most energy drinks, but I get them. I I I slug. I slug five Norcos and a Monster, and I'm driving around, and I get a call from this kid named Mason. Now Mason is this weird, weird kid. He lives in a treehouse. Yeah. Like a legit, like, Swiss Family Robinson like, shit? he lives with his parents, but in the backyard, they built him a treehouse, and he doesn't live in the house. He lives in the fucking treehouse. And it's got electrical what? outlets. <coughs> it's got... Oh, my God. Saludos en todos. He's got PlayStation 2 up in there. He plays PlayStation, PlayStation 2 in his treehouse. So he hits me up. That's just... It's weird. Who okay. lives in a treehouse? But it's got electricity. I don't know. It's like a high-end treehouse. He hits me up on my Nokia brick, and he's like, dude, can you get me a half-eighth of weed? 
and I'm like driving around. I have some personal weed, but I sold all my weed. I don't have any weed to sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, I don't have a half eighth, but I can get you a half eighth. So I, he's like, all right, pick me up at my tree house. So <laughs> I drive, I'm in Grover beach. I drive over to his tree house and like you could, you drive up to his parents' house. You see the tree house. He crawls down from his little ladder. That's his, just fucking funny. It's weird. Crawls down from his little rope ladder from his treehouse, and he gets in my car. I'm driving a, a 94 Mazda 626. It was my green oh, nug car. Geez. I pick him up, and I call my buddies, because all my buddies are back at the house still hanging out, selling weed, smoking weed. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, can one of you guys get a half-eighth? Mason, the treehouse kid, wants me to get him a half eight. And they're like, yeah. Mason, the treehouse kid. They're like, yeah, you can come through for that half eighth, but I don't want Mason, the weird treehouse kid, at my house. Like, fuck that kid. He's weird. He lives in a treehouse. Like, fuck that kid. So I was like, I was like, all right, Mason. So I can get you the half eighth, but that you can't come to the house because you're weird. You live in a treehouse. Yeah. You know, like. Fucking Mason. You're not allowed over at the house. So I, I, I drop him off in front of a Domino's and I'm like, just wait in front of the Domino's and I'll get the half eighth and I'll bring it back to you. So I go get the half eighth and they got a blunt rolled and I'm like, all right, I'm going to smoke this blunt and then I'll go back and pick up Mason, the treehouse kid and give him his half eighth. Well, Mason is blowing up my phone like, where are you at? This is taking so long. This and that, blah, 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 duh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude. Just chill. I'm, a, I'm about to come back. It's been like 15 yeah. minutes, Mason. Like, I know you're getting treehouse withdrawals, but just just chill. So I go back to the Domino's where I dropped off Mason. He's not there. Call his phone. He's not picking up his phone. I'm like, Mason, where the fuck are you? He answers his phone once. And I'm like, where the fuck are you? And he's like, dude, you took forever. Blah, 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 blah. My phone battery dies and I'm like fuck and you know back then it's hard to charge a Nokia yeah, brick it's not like you can just so I'm like dude fucking Mason you're supposed all you had one job is to stay at the Domino's so then my buddy Sean hits me up Norcos are hitting in hard so I got a good Norco buzz I got this half eighth it's a $25 half eighth my buddy Sean's like what are you doing I'm like well I'm trying to sell Mason his half eighth but he left where I was supposed to pick him up and he's gone. He's like, well, let's just smoke his weed. Fuck that kid. He lives in a tree house. So, <laughs> this poor kid. So I was like, yeah, fuck him. Fuck oh, Treehouse Mason. <laughs> so I pick up my buddy Sean and we roll up a blunt with this half eighth. I can smoke a lot of weed when I'm high on pain pills. We smoke all his weed. I feel so bad now, but so we smoke all his weed I don't hear from Mason the next day. I'm popping Norcos here and there. And I'm back at my buddy's house and I'm selling more weed. And uh, Mason shows up at my buddy's house. Mm-hmm. Like all pissed off. Like, you stole my half faith. Get Like getting all... He's brought two of his buddies with him. Yeah. And this kid, look, look he's weird. Like... He lives in a tree house. I know that. we keep saying back to that, but... Well, I mean, how many people you know live in a tree house? With electricity. It's weird. None. 
<laughs> now you know one. Well, not personally, but... I don't think I want to know him. He's weird. He's not allowed at the house. So, yeah. So, I'm like, Mason, you left. And I smoked all your weed with Sean because we all think you're weird. Because you live in a fucking treehouse. You're so mean. Why are you so... so you're so mean. I was like, I'll get you back when I re-up next, Mason. I was like, I'm waiting on an ounce right now. I'll hit you back up after I get my ounce. I'll give you a yeah. half eight. He's like, whatever, man. So we go back in the house and we assume he's going to leave because I'm going to give him an eight, a half eight. And someone's like, dude, I think Mason slashed your tire. So I go out to the driveway. Fucker slashed my back tire with a knife and the air's hissing out of it. Like, what the fuck, Mason? You slashed my fucking tire. Damn. So now I got to call AAA. I fucking got to get this tire replaced. And I'm like, fuck that kid, Mason. I'm not giving him a half-eighth. He slashed my tire. So now I'm calling. I'm like, dude. And he's not answering. Of course. Of course not. Slashed my fucking tire. That's so crazy. So now, like, a week has gone by. I'm trying to find him. I'm looking for him. You know, he's nowhere to be found. Uh, one day we're, me and my buddies are driving past a skate park cause we like to hang out at the skate park. We see Mason walking on the street, roll up on him right by the skate park. Hey motherfucker, you slashed my tire. What the fuck? Motherfucker. <laughs> He's all scared. Like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You're so thug. No, I'm not thug at all, but I'm pissed. Dude, the dude's like really small. And he's shit scared. I throw a tennis... I had a tennis ball in my car. I throw it at him. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Threw a fucking tennis ball at his head. Oh, my God. Now there's a bunch of people outside the skate... Well, now, motherfucker! (laughs) So now there's a bunch of people in front of the skate park, like, gathering around our car. Like, oh, some shit's about to go down because we're screaming. And we're like, oh, probably. Yeah, white boy problems, right? Yeah. So he takes off running. He's got a skateboard. He doesn't skate away. He just runs with the skateboard in his hand. So I'm like, what the fuck? I hate this. I hate fucking Mason now. Fuck you, Mason. And so now like another three or four days goes by, right? I'm getting coked out as fuck in Pismo Beach. We actually, we go to my friend's house. We're doing lines of coke. It's just a cocaine, cocaine kind of day. We're getting coked the fuck out. We go to Pismo, hang out at the arcade, selling weed in front of Pismo Beach. And we're like sneaking into the, we're sneaking out in little areas to do more coke. I get a call from Mason and he's like, yeah, all right, you know what? I did slash your tire and if you want to handle it, let's handle it. And I'm like, all right. So my buddy Dylan is, is like we got to go by my buddy Dylan's house to get more weed, and we were doing lines upon lines of coke. So he's like, "Yeah, let's meet him. Let's meet him uh, behind my house." Yeah, because there's this weird little place that's under construction. We can go out there and well, you can fight Mason. So now my friends are getting me super coked out. They're just feeding me lines and lines of coke. Like, yeah, you're gonna beat up Mason. You're gonna beat up Mason, the treehouse kid. Teach him a lesson. And I'm way too coked out. So we go back there in this little alleyway behind Dil- uh, my buddy Dylan's apartment where he lives with his parents. 
We first we go to Dylan's apartment and do a I do one last giant gagger line of coke. I can't feel my face. I can't feel my body. And I'm thinking, Savage. all right, this is gonna be good fighting. Like I got the chemical advantage. I'm coked out. So <laughs> we go back there. Mason's back there with one of his buddies. I mean, I've been smoking weed. I've probably been popping pills, too, because I've been popping pills whenever I can. I'm coked out. So I go, and I see this kid, Mason, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I slashed a tire. As soon as he said that, I throw the most horrible haymaker punch ever, and I connect to the, like, side, the back side of his head. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the back part of your skull is much thicker than the front of your skull. And plus, when you want to hit someone, you want to hit them in, like, their jawline or their solar plex. You want to hit them where it's going to knock them out. But I hit them in, like, the back side of the head. Dumbass. Break my fucking hand or fracture my hand instantly. So now we're fighting and we're tussling. I'm punching him in the face. Like the, the haymaker fucks him up. And we're wrestling around. I have these ghetto, like, cut-off shorts. I always wear cut-off shorts. Oh. I still wear cut-off shorts. Oh. Like, cut-off Jinko jeans with a Oh, no. The 90s, early 2000s. So the belt, lo- the belt is loose. My pants are not coming off all the way, but, like, I'm trying to pull up my pants and fight at the same time. While I'm on top of him trying to punch him and he's got his arms guarded up, you know, I'm trying to punch him. You know, I'm trying. I mean, I, I got more hits in, but whatever. I would. It wasn't a good fight. It's not like I fucking beat his ass or anything. Like, I'm so high on drugs. Yeah, I'm really feeling bad for Mason the Treehouse Boy right oh, now. Fuck that kid. He was a treehouse. Anyway, a PT, so a PT cruiser pulls up. And it's, it's an old senior citizen couple. And they pull up next to us and they're like, Why don't you just talk it out? Don't fight. Don't fight. Fighting's not the answer. And I'm like looking up like, like, bitch, what do you know about this? I'm on cocaine and I'm in my earth. I'm like 19, 20 years old. I'm on cocaine and this treehouse kid slashed my tire. You don't know. Just just run along. Just run along. Not to respecting your, spa your elders. Therapy. No, I did not respect my elders back then. That is awful. Like, get the fuck out of here. And so they get scared and go off. They call the cops on us. So now I'm like, we're done fighting. I'm all fucking sweaty on cocaine. My hand is fractured. And he's like, all right, it's over. It's over. We handled it. I'm like, whatever, Mason, fuck you. And so me, my buddy Jaywack, and my buddy Dylan. Jaywack. Yeah, that's his name. And uh, my other buddy Vince, we start walking to my car. As soon as we go up the street to walk to my car, a cop comes around the corner, stops us. And they're like, hey, we got a report about kids fighting and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Josh looks, or Wack or Josh, he looks over at me. He's like, dude, I got an eight ball of Coke in my pocket. And I'm like, fuck, dude. This is not good. No. My hand's broken. And I'm like... I just, I thought, okay, if I take the fall, then maybe they'll have some sympathy on us, right? I'm like, yeah, I was fighting. This kid slashed my tire, and we were fighting about it. 
So then he searches me. I don't, I'm so high on Coke. Like I, I'm on my shirts all dirty from rolling around in the dirt. They don't find anything on me. Um, I don't know why, but they didn't search my car. Check You're my, so lucky. I know. So lucky. Check my ID. You know, I don't have warrants. I'm not on probation. You know, they just look at some little punk kid who got in a fight over a slash tire. And my friends are shitting bricks because they're like, dude, we have an eight ball of cocaine on us. Like, and he just got searched. What's going to stop him from searching us? Yeah. And the cops. exactly what I was just thinking. The cops look at them. They they don't look like they've been fighting. And they're like, so is this true? And they're like, yeah. Kid slashes tires. Slashes tire and he he fought him over it. And they're like. I mean, I want to say they're like, yeah, the kid lives in the fucking treehouse. Like, what the fuck? But I'm sure that didn't happen. But cops are like, all right. All right, you guys, just get out of here. Just get the fuck out of here, kids. Just get out of here. And they let us go. And I get in my car and I try to shift my car to drive. It's automatic. I couldn't even press the button to shift my car to drive because my hand is just so fractured. It's all swollen. It hurts. Fractures so, are painful. It hurts so bad. So I had to use my other hand to shift my car on the drive and we drive off and I go and I go do more cocaine. And, uh, I had to wear one of those little wrist braces for a few months. That must've sucked when you tried to jack off. Well, luckily it was my right hand and I jack off with my left hand. That's so weird. Yeah. I actually, I write and I, I sign papers with my right hand, but I jack off with my left. So I'm kind of ambidextrous or whatever. The See, like I'm full blown ambidextrous. I can, I write predominantly with my left hand, but I can also write with my right hand. I cannot use left handed scissors whatsoever. Which hand do you jerk it with? My left. Me too. High five. No, that's disgusting. But that hand away, don't touch me. <laughs> You're perfito. Anywho. So that's the Mason the Treehouse Kid story. I, I'd like to maybe like do a follow-up with Mason the Treehouse Kid. I don't know where he is, but... Well, he's probably still in the treehouse. It's been like 25 years Well, then more. we have to move on because I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. All right, it's, it's hot in your room. It's always hot you're, in here. Your ankle monitor or your fucking... Shut <laughs> your bleached asshole is giving off so much humidity right now. I gotta get out of here. Plus, I have curfew. Oh yeah, have I have curfew an hour. The battery's only running low. I got white t-shirts to stain. Oh, I got homework to do still. Yeah, I mean, I got still got homework. Anyway, I'm trash. You work tomorrow? Nope. Papa's off tomorrow. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. Yep, and I will be. Memorializing tomorrow. What does that even mean? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, okay, whatever. It's Memorial Day, so I will be memorializing. All right, you guys. Yeah, I got to get out of here and go to my shitty sober living. But in seven days, I will be out of sober living and you will be, I will be your problem. <laughs> I don't look at it as a problem. I look at you moving in with me as a research assignment for my book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Therapy notes. 
Yeah, good. Um, for my case management. I'm a and good roommate, dude. I, I hope to God so. Um, I'm going to send you the PDF of all the rules, Stone. Oh, you're just going to be like, damn. No, I won't text message you. I'll be in your fucking face. What are the rules? C- clean up after yourself. Yeah. That's all that, I got. So that's far. really, that's one more. more and yeah, that's all I got so far. Cool. I can do that. Yeah. Because, yeah. That's all I got. I, I don't have any problem with doing chores. Well, no, there's no chores. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to be like, oh, Zach, I like vacuum the rug. And then I'm just going to have to do it anyways because you did it wrong. <laughs> that's just how things work when you're a Virgo. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Cool. Well, Anyways. Well, we love you. You want to say goodbye? I do. Squadron, I absolutely love you. It's always nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me on again. Stay well. Be safe. Let's Drink do... Drink lots of water. I wasn't done with my exit. <laughs> Drink lots of water. And remember... Well, now I forgot you messed me up. <laughs> Let's do a follow episode when you get the ankle monitor taken off. Maybe we should, like, is there a way you can, like, incorporate um, a video in this? I guess. We oh. could do, like, we have a Snapchat and an Instagram. Oh, I love Snapchat. Do a, we could do an IG story of you getting yeah. it off. I love Snapchat. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Anyways, drink lots of water. Do something nice for yourself. That's what I was going to say. And tell your parents you love them. Yeah, do that, too. You know? Yeah. Tell whoever you love you love them. And I don't know. Yeah, if you have somebody in your life, like Treehouse Mason, <laughs> be nice to them. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't That's steal. It. Don't That's steal it. Mason's habits. Fuck joke. that kid, dude. Stop talking you know what? about him. Wherever you are, Treehouse Mason, fuck you. And I love you. No, I don't love yes, him. Yes, you do. You love no, everybody. No, fuck that kid. Where did this go? I don't know. We gotta go. All right, we love you. Take care. Peace, and grease, and chicken grease. No, peace, love, and all the above. I like mine better. No, for Gave our drugs to a cop? Wait, look, I know you don't know us and you think we're just stupid kids, but just listen. Whatever problems you're having, drugs are not the answer. Drugs just give you a false sense of reality. You may think your lives are bad, but you have family and friends who love you. Can you shut the fuck up? Stop, 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 stop.